This is It Was a Thing on TV. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the dregs of humanity. Episode 249, submission number 1990, Disney's Fluffy Dogs. Disney's Fluffy Dogs aired on ABC on November 27th, 1986, and then again on August 30th, 1987, as part of the Disney Sunday movie. Hello, I'm Michael Eisner, and welcome to the Disney Sunday movie. Hi, Goof. I'm here with one of the top dogs at the Disney studio to introduce tonight's animated feature, Fluffy Dogs. After seeing a preview of the movie, Goofy says these mystical, dog-like creatures can't possibly talk and dress like humans. He's going to catch one to prove it. Goofy, are you telling me you've never seen a dog that dresses and talks like a human? Large. No one comes to mind. Naturally. Well, Disney has certainly given us some great animated shows over the years. Yep. Gummy Bears, DuckTales, Darkwing Duck. Chippendales Rescue Rangers. Which is getting a Disney Plus uh, sequel movie. Oh, yeah. With the Lonely Island guys and John Mulaney. Nice. In the mid-1980s, Disney was pretty much riding high off of their animated success. Particularly with, by this time, it would be DuckTales and The Adventures of the Gummy Bears. Well, DuckTales wouldn't be till 87. You had Adventures of the Gummy Bears on NBC in 85. And then I think, wasn't the Wuzzles around the same time on CBS? Yes. It was, my mistake, it was the Wuzzles and Adventures of the Gummy Bears. Because, for some reason, and uh, Yesterworld goes into more detail about this than we could, they were looking, Disney... Well, they were looking for some animated product that, for some reason, did not involve the big characters, the big six, as it were. Yeah, because I think that was the big thing in DuckTales, right? Because Donald Duck never appeared in the original DuckTales. Yeah, I was going to say, that's what they're aiming for in DuckTales, essentially. Basically, how can we do a Donald Duck short without Donald Duck? Oh, I know. Let's get Uncle Scrooge and introduce a whole bunch of new characters. And everyone loved it. Everybody did love it. And, you know, once they became a little bit more lenient with allowing the Big Six to have animated product on television, we saw Donald Duck. In Although... Quack Pack. Quack Pack. Oh, God. Goof Troop. Oh, Goof Troop was great. Goof Troop was awesome. I loved Goof Troop. That and was my show. That was, that was the was best theme show. song ever. Not quite as great as the Women in Prison theme, but still good. <laughs> you that and that Women in Prison theme. I love the Women in Prison theme. It's awesome. Hey, why don't you just tell the world what we're doing later this year, Craig? <laughs> But yeah, that theme slaps. That theme slaps so hard. To get around the whole 
how do we do quality Disney programming without involving the big six? Because apparently they dilute the product. So we have to come up with some creative ways around this. So Disney creates gummy bears, created, of course, by the team of Art Vitello and Jim McGon, and the Wuzzles, created by Carson Van Osten. They were going to create a third animated show off of Fluffy Dogs, which by this time, I guess Michael Eisner and the brain trust at Disney saw which way the winds were going with pound puppies and thought, you know what? I could totally get in on that. Yeah, and they did because they had its own toy line. They had a series of plushes from Kenner in 86. Now, I have to ask, were the plushes created to promote the show or was the show created to promote the plushes? Maybe both? I don't know. I know there's a video online explaining about the background of the uh, show and the plushes and all that. We'll include it in the um, description of the episode on Podbean. Yes. So Haskell Barkin and Bruce Talkington, those are allegedly their names, got together and fleshed out the story of the Fluffy Dogs, which were five anthropomorphic, pastel-colored, incredibly small fluffies. Not dogs. They're fluffies. They're fluffies. And they came to our world. I can't You know what? I'm just going to read the uh, Wikipedia entry here. It featured five pastel-colored or fluffy talking dogs that came through a fluffy interdimensional doorway and into the lives of Jamie and his teenage neighbor, Claire. I am not joking. The dogs were the intended prey of the evil miser Wagstaff, that is his actual name. Oh, because they're dogs. Wag. Wagging tail. Ha ha ha. <laughs> and of course, animation would be done out of house by TMS Entertainment, who have done, let's see, Muppet Babies, Bionic 6, The Adventures of the Gummy Bears, Lupin the Third. Well, it makes sense, because... Yeah, they did gummy bears. So Animaniacs. They... Yeah, so they did gummy bears. Of course they're going to do this. So yeah, they commissioned an hour-long pilot to air that Thanksgiving on ABC. And in this hour-long pilot, we have the basic storyline, which features the five fluffies jumping from dimension to dimension, going on adventures, while trying to avoid capture from the evil Wagstaff, who is a big game hunter who has trophy animals and an exotic animal collection that he wants the fluffies for himself. So you said jumping dimension to dimension? Yes, he said that. Yes. So this is Sliders. Kind of, sort of. Kind of, but not really. Yeah, this is similar to, but legally distinct from Sliders, 
in the same way, it's similar to, but legally distinct from, Pound Puppies. Although both franchises have people who are willing to go to Great Lakes to capture the titular elements. I can't call them dogs because one thing that you will learn as we watch this pilot, the fluffy dogs do not like being called dogs. They don't like being called dogs. I mean, they look like dogs. But they're not dogs. They're not dogs. They're fluffies. Just so we're clear on that. They're dog-like creatures in the same way that Hello Kitty is not a cat. Hello Kitty is a child. Also in the same way that Hello Kitty is not Hello Kitty's name. Hello Kitty's name is just Kitty. Kitty White, to be more specific. But we're not here to talk about cats that are not cats. We're here to talk about dogs that are not dogs. So who are the fluffy dogs? Well, we have, as the lead fluffy dog, sort of the lead fluffy, the blue loyal fluffy named Stanley is voiced by Marshall Efren, who is known as a humorist and for his PBS television show, The Great American Dream Machine, which was the original showcase of Chevy Chase. Sadly, he is no longer with us. Although, he does have an extensive body of work. He played Fat Cat on Kid Video, Hunger on Transformers, well, one of the heads of Hunger on Transformers, and was also a voice on the Quickie Koala show, Smurfs and Snorks. Playing the role of Tippy the Pink Loving Fluffy and Big the Yellow Shy Fluffy is Susan Blue, who most notably voices R.C. in Transformers the movie, among others. She has a very large body of work here. I mean, we're talking... DuckTales, G.I. Joe, Filmation's Ghostbusters, Laser Tag Academy, Tiny Toon Adventures, Where on Earth is Carmen San Diego? Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends, Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Need I go on? Because we're going to be here all day. Play the role of Dink the Red Playful Fluffy is Hal Smith. Sadly, no longer with us, but known primarily as Otis the Town Drunk on Andy Griffith. I never thought we'd have an Otis the Town Drunk reference. And why should we? I mean, he is one of the iconic characters in all of television. No, he is. Don't get me wrong. I just never thought we'd have a reference to him. No, I never thought in one. In one of these episodes, we talk about Otis from Andy Griffith. But yeah, sadly, he died in 1994. No. But playing the role of the fifth Fluffy, Aussie the Green Cool Fluffy, a person we talked about a while ago, actually, maybe not even a while ago, a couple weeks ago, Lorenzo Music! 
Oh yeah, the voice of Garfield. And Carl the Doorman. But uh, he was also uh, Tummy Gummy in uh, Gummy Bears, wasn't he? Yes, he was. So yeah, of course he'd be on this. And also a possible future installment for next pilot month in 2023. Since you mentioned Carlton the Doorman, there is actually an animated pilot of Carlton the Doorman called Carlton Your Doorman. And it was done like three years after Rhoda got canceled. Ah. Think about that. Rhoda lasted like 77 or 78 and Carlton, your doorman, was 1980. But yeah, we all know him from Garfield. Yep. And he hasn't been around for well over two decades, I believe. Just yeah. about, yeah. Yeah. Also, he's the voice of, uh, original voice of Peter Venkman on Real Ghostbusters. Yep. You know what? Sounds kind of sort of like Bill Murray, doesn't he? Yeah. Kind of, sort of. Well, remember, Bill Murray did voice Garfield in the Garfield movie. Indeed, he did. Good point. Now we go into the humans of the world of Luppy Dogs, starting with Jamie Bingham, who is going to be central to the plot of Luppy Dogs because he is one of the only humans who can understand what they're saying, if that makes any sense. Well, yeah, it's, it's sort of like a Stewie thing on Family Guy. Only Brian really understands Stewie. It makes sense. Uh-huh. Yeah, that would be Carl Steven, who plays Jamie. He was a young Spock in Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. He was like one of the five Spocks in Star Trek Three. Yeah. There was like five different people who played Spock in Star Trek Three, including Leonard Nimoy. He was in uh, Webster, Punky Brewster, Out of This World, and Weird Science. And he voiced young Fred on A Pup Named Scooby-Doo. Oh, Pup Named Scooby-Doo. He became the first actor besides Frank Walker to do so. Sadly, no longer with this. He died in 2011 at the age of 36 of a heroin overdose. His teenage neighbor, Claire played by Jessica Pennington, who is a known ADR artist for movies like 22 Jump Street, Fired Up, Sex of the City, Tenacious D, The Pick of Destiny, Maze Runner, The Death Cure, Rampage, The Matrix Resurrections, and Zack Snyder's Justice League. Oh, wow. Way to tie it in from last episode. I got to. I got to. Uh, lately, she appeared in an uncredited role as Verna Roy on an episode of Why Women Kill. Oh, on a Paramount Plus. Yep. Which, by the way, celebrated its first birthday as we record this. Oh, okay. Happy birthday, Paramount Plus. The way for season two of iCarly. Not that one, the other one. The, the good iCarly. Playing Jamie's mom, Mrs. Bingham, is Cloyce Morrow. She was in... Oh my god, Mike! She was in the Gong Show movie! Oh my gosh. That is such an atrocious movie. I have it on (laughs) Blu-ray. 
Why would you no. own the Gong Show movie on Blu-ray? Why would you admit to owning the Gong Show movie is more like it? Because it was released on Blu-ray. I don't think it was released on DVD. And it was like $10. Don't tell me you haven't spent $10 in worse ways than the Gong Show Blu-ray. I've spent more on less. And so has Greg. So don't don't be busting my balls over the Gong Show movie. Why do I have it? Why do I have it? Because I'm that type of person, damn it. I'm not going to judge you. Totally understand if you want to judge me, though. But yeah, the, the, it's really, really bad. And it, it's almost fodder for something that we need to cover one day. Yeah. And finally, we have our big bad Wagstaff, played by Michael Rye, who is known. Oh, God. He's another one of those guys who's just been a voice on everything. He was. Dr. Farley Stillwell in Spider-Man the Animated Series. He was King Gregor and Duke Igthorn on Adventures of the Gummy Bears. He was Ricky Slaghoople on the Flintstone Kids. I believe that is um, Wilma's father, Ricky Slaghoople. Yeah, that was her maiden name. Yeah. And played the narrator in The Greatest Adventure, Stories from the Bible. It's The Greatest Adventure, Stories from the Bible. And also the voice of the Green Lantern on Super Friends. He was also the narrator on Plastic Man, Super Globetrotters, and The Lone Ranger. The animated series from 1966. So now that we know who's getting into what, Let's fire up the video screen, shall we? Our story begins as the five fluffies are on a cliff. Why are they on a cliff? No one really knows. But what are the fluffies looking for? And why are they smelling everything? One thing you're going to notice as you watch this pilot, there's a lot of smelling. Another thing you're going to notice is that this pilot was produced and directed by Fred Wolf, who would go on to create Future Entry, The New Adventures of Speed Racer. Okay, now they're in this land after they've opened the door. And up, there's a dinosaur. Oh! Yeah, it's all fun and games until there's a dinosaur. They found another door. They found another door. They just need to, well, find it. They have a magic key. That's how they hop from dimension to dimension. Until one day, they wind up in the worst possible place in the known multiverse that one could wind up. Our dimension. Well, specifically in a supermarket. Yeah. And they have to run from, well, everyone. And what do they run into? Well, how can I put this? Everything. They run into everything, including a town car carrying Wagstaff, who just so happens to see the Fluppies walk on the hood of their town car. By the way, is it just me, or does Wagstaff kind of look like Keenan Wynn? He, he does! Like- I was just going to say yeah. that! Yeah, he kind of does look like... You know what? I get that. 
And then Wagstaff chases after the fluffies, stealing this camera from a camera store proprietor. And I could make a comment on this, but y'all can watch the video on YouTube. I think I know what you're going to say, but I'm not going to say a word. I'm not going to say one damn word. But the fluffies, they manage to escape Wagstaff's pursuit, only to be caught by the dog catcher. Oh, no. So now they're at the pound. And now they have fleas. See what happens when you're in the inside? You get fleas. You get fleas. That's what happens. Yep. And in comes Mrs. Bingham, looking for a dog for her son, Jamie, who is celebrating a birthday. And it just so happens, Stanley is doing something that no self-respecting fluffy should ever do. Act like a dog. Yeah, act like a dog. So, okay, he's out, and he's going to come back for the other fluffies. But meanwhile, oh, here's Wagstaff at his lair. We don't like him look. Him look shifty. He's like, yeah, that's the fluffies, yeah. Oh, I want the fluffies. I don't like the looks of this, Scoob. Oh, and he has this snake that, like, strangles his evil assistant. And he's convinced that if he has the fluffies, his collection's gonna be complete. His collection is never complete! Why? Why does he think it's gonna be complete if he gets the fluffies? I don't know. But now we meet Jamie, who's skateboarding home, wondering where his birthday dog is. Here it is! It's... Oh, it's this. It's this thing. I was kind of sort of expecting a great date or something. Oh, well, I'll get used to this, I guess. Who wants to go for walkies? And Stan was like, no, I don't want to go for a walk. (laughs) And Jamie's like, I don't like this dog, but if I come home without him, my mom's going to kill me. My mom's going to be pissed. This is like a theme in this episode. Jamie's a mama's boy, I guess. I don't know. So Jamie goes to a construction site and almost gets into a lethal accident, forcing Stanley to reveal his intelligence. So yeah, we get all the exposition in this one scene where, uh, yeah, Stanley explains to Jamie, like, what the fluffies are. But he's... Yeah, one thing oh, oh. that he learns rather quickly... Oh, dog fruit's terrible. The Fluffies are not dogs. No, they're not dogs. The Fluffies eat pizza. Yeah. Which, oh god, here comes Bob. Jamie's mom's like, oh, come on. You don't feed a dog pizza. You don't feed really, a dog. By the way, you really don't feed a dog pizza. No, and, you and don't. And the dog doesn't belong on the counter. That is true. Yeah. But okay. He manages to get Tippy, the pink fluffy, out. But so that's mo- two fluffies down. Two fluffies down. But his mom's like, I got a great idea, okay? Uh, you can't have her in the house, but why don't you try giving it to your neighbor, Claire? But he's like, Claire? No! That's terrible. She doesn't like me. But he just goes to the house. <sighs> And says, hey, I got this dog. Hey, do you want her? And she's like, okay. 
now Tippy's acting like a dog. Uh, here's Wagstaff again. This oh, guy. This guy. But okay, it's time to go to bed. So, <laughs> Sammy's trying to dress up in like pajamas. Look at him. He's try- <laughs> He's in pajamas. He's still trying to get the taste of dog food out of his mouth. Oh, yeah. Still trying to get it out of his mouth. You okay. know, for somebody who's not a dog, he sure has no problem acting like one. No. I'm really waiting for him to just, like, declare, I have a master's degree. I'm nobody's dog. Treat me with the respect I deserve. All right, Brian. I'm expecting that. No, I'm not a dog. I'm I'm yeah, a, a, a interdimensional traveler. Who looks like a dog. But up, oh, Jamie rubs Stanley's head. But look what happens. It releases some sort of Oh god, I don't want to know what that is. Some sort of magic that lifts the bed out through the window. What the wedding? What? And Jamie wakes up, he's like, what? Oh my god, I'm tripping. And I guess Stanley figures out, hey, if you scratch my head, magic stuff happens. And apparently dandruff comes off his head. The magic looks like dandruff. Hey, what do you want for Disney animation in 1986? Exactly that. And nothing more. So, okay, they go over to Claire's house in the flying bed and look! Oh, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> what did she do to you? What? It's 1986. Did you expect anything besides that? And, uh-oh. Uh-oh. Claire sees this it's like, like Jamie's just, it's like Jamie's on a flying Bed. And Claire's like, what? What the hell is that? You're and Wagstaff a- and his minions, meanwhile, try to break into the pound, get the other floppies. No bueno. No. The okay. other floppies are like, we gotta get out of here before Wagstaff yeah. gets us. Yep. And so Stanley does just that. And, and they Wags- all escape <laughs> on the flying bed. All escape on the flying bed. And Wagstaff's like, oh, curses! I didn't get them! They went on a flying bed! What the hell is that? I was just about to do my Glenn Close. I want those fluffies! So now that Tippy's got a chance to correct Claire's mistakes, now she reveals herself to Claire. So Jamie and Claire are like the only people in the world who know what fluffies are. Meanwhile, next door, Stanley's trying to hide all the evidence of our adventure, and Jamie's room is a mess. How is his room a mess? I don't know. He's 10 years old. Use your imagination. By the way, that whole hiding evidence thing, it doesn't work. No, it does not work at all. And now try explaining to your mom why the dog is eating chicken. Okay, so now but, they're off to find the uh, the doorway. That'll lead them, I don't know, somewhere. 
What up? They, they're like, hey, Jamie, while you're at school, hey, can you help us out to find the doorway? And Jamie's like, uh, I don't know about that. Uh, I don't want to cut school, but uh, okay. Don't you want to go on adventures? Well, I really should be in school getting my education, but I don't see where going on random adventures would be bad. I mean, just ask my friend Morty Smith over here. You see what I did there, kids? Yeah, I know what you did. So now they go down to manhole cover and get the, the radioactive key. key starts flashing. Yeah. They get a door and up. Look what comes out of the door. It's water. Oh, great. We landed in a Kevin Costner movie. Wagstaff's minions are just driving his car. And here come the fluffies. And Wagstaff is completely horny off of the idea of catching the fluffies. But now Jamie needs Claire's help to get the fluffies home, it looks like. While Wagstaff is nursing a cold from being doused in so much water from that alternate dimension. And also a snake. A giant This snake is like practically its own main character at this point. Yep. And also, uh, Jamie and the Fluppies are also nursing a cold, but not bad enough to find a doorway. Yeah, apparently there's a doorway in the basement. Isn't there always a doorway in a basement? I guess. Leading somewhere? Oh, it's the doorway to their home world. Yay! I think. Yeah. Oh, no, look what's out. It's a monster. Oh, God. It's a Wuzzles reject. Oh, no. It's like like, a giant Wuzzle, yeah. Yeah, it is. But they find out that there's one thing that this monster loves. Flowers. So they're like, okay, let's take him back to the doorway. But look who's there. It's more of them. More of them. (laughs) That's the one thing they didn't expect to happen. Yeah, and they all managed to get inside the house somehow. Now, the house is in order before Jamie's mom comes home. But she gets news that, uh, well, she's we'll look at all of this. I think she's soon. going to the store, I think. Yeah, she's going to the store. But in comes the uh, whatever these things are. And, oh. Apparently somebody likes to eat the furniture, which is embroidered in pretty flowers. We could just say mischief happens and hilarity ensues. Hilarity ensues. Well, now we have to unensue hilarity before mom shows up. Which they do. And it's like, all of a sudden, things look like, well, nothing ever happened. Except Mom gets a phone call. That he left school. Jamie left school. Oh. Oh. Basically, Jamie comes up with this gigantic cockamamie story while the fluppies are being exposed on television. By Wagstaff. By the way, did we mention that the creature is still in the basement? Yes, the creature is still in the basement. Because where else is he going to go? The uh, dimensional porthole is pretty much cut off. 
for some reason. And meanwhile, because remember, Wagstaff went on the television saying, if anyone has the fluffies, I'll give you money. Everyone's like, oh, I think we got fluffies. There's like a whole bunch of people with their own dogs. These are not Fluffies! No, these are obviously not fluffies. These people cannot clearly tell what it looks like in the drawing. Well, he doesn't talk about fluffies not being dogs. He just talks about fluffies. Anyway, the fluffies continue to search for home on their own when they find a doorway and a library and it's home! And apparently this is the big one because everybody in town can see it. Oh. Yeah. Including Wagstaff. Uh-oh. 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 So Wagstaff is out to capture all the fluffies. And oh no. Run, Ozzy, run! He got Ozzy. He was the one that sounds like Garfield. So now Jamie has to figure out A how to keep this whatever it is from escaping the basement and B how how to get back the rest of the fluffies. Yeah, and also make sure that his mom doesn't notice. So now Stanley and Tippy have to ask for Claire's help in rescuing Ozzy. Meanwhile, the creature's like, oh, these flowers. Yum. Um, He's eating them like the bear ate all those hot dogs on Man vs. Beast. Remember that? Uh Uh-huh. I remember that. You didn't just go there. Yeah, we did. (laughs) No, we did. So while Jamie's working to keep the creature under control, he manages to take a look and find Claire's car with Stanley and Tippy inside. So now Jamie, the creature, and the other two fluffies are heading to Wagstaff's house. And Jamie's using him like a horse. <laughs> with flowers like being dangled in front of this creature. <laughs> it's genius. It is. Back at Wagstaff's. Ozzy's basically playing dumb. And the snake is being, well... A, a snake. snake. Yeah. The snake is going to eat Ozzy. Sally and Tippy get captured as well. Oh. Now he has three fluffies. He's like, yeah, I got three fluffies. And then I'm going to get the other two. Bink and Dink. By the way, for their names. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so we have running through the Wagstaff mansion <laughs> Jamie, Claire, Bink, Dink, and the creature. And then. <laughs> and, oh, jeez. <laughs> the creature. Is assaulted by the rhino mask the rhino. or the rhino trophy. Yeah, he oh. had a door frame and a rhino head fell off from over the door and landed on his head. That's why Greg and I are laughing. 
So scared. But now he can't see where he's going. Until he does. And he ends up in Mr. Wagstaff's office. Complete with the snake. So he has all five fluffies, and now he threatens to uh, have Jamie and Claire taken in for breaking and entering. But how are they going to get all of the fluffies out? The fluffies convince Jamie and Claire to rub their heads. Because, you know, you rub a fluffy's head, some stuff happens. So they do. And through the magic of fluffy uh, magic, the entire office is levitated. Like, for serious. It breaks apart of the house, which, by the way, looks like the house from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air with another house on top of it. That whole second house breaks off from the main house and is floating in the air. Is that all that fluffy magic does? Makes things float? I'm guessing. I mean, we've seen it twice now. So the Fluffies manage to get back to the library where they find the portal that leads them home. Which is a lot more than what Sam Beckett could ever do. Yeah. We fit Quantum Leap into this. Yeah, they made the final leap home. And now it's time for Jamie to say goodbye to Stanley. For realsies. Oh. And Claire, she hugs the other fluffies. Oh. Ozzy, get in here. Oh. And so they go so back they... To, to their home world. And <laughs> I was like, no! Yeah, apparently Wagstaff and his butler find themselves locked inside by the creature in the Fluffy's home world. So Jamie and Claire are back alone. I wonder if you ever think of the Fluffies. Do you ever think of the Fluffies? Because here it is six months later. It's the dead of winter, and I can't stop thinking about the Fluffies. I wonder what they're doing. Oh! Turns out, they're playing in a tree. Oh. Well, Stanley and Ozzy are. Yeah, they managed to make their way back. And guess what? There's more floppies! Turns out they found a way to stabilize the portal between worlds at the library... So we can come and go whenever we want. On adventures! Yay! Yay! And that's your special. So, now the big question is, why didn't they pick this up again? I'll give you one reason. When did this air? This aired Ah. on... Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. The first airing was November 27th, 1986, during ABC's Thanksgiving Turkey Feast. It ranked 
a 5.3 rating with a 10 share, making it the 70th most watched show that week. It was also the week's lowest ranked ABC film. <sighs> that makes sense now. But also this did re-air on August 30th, 1987 as part of the Disney Sunday movie. And as we mentioned in previous installment, The Return of the Shaggy Dog, the Disney Sunday movie was usually one hour long, and if they had a two-hour movie, they'd air it in two parts. But conveniently, because this was a one-hour special, you just had one part, and you didn't even have to worry. Yeah. By the way, did we mention what the uh, Fluffy Dogs movie aired opposite? Because it's Thanksgiving, it's a Thursday. Oh, it would have been running against Cosby and Family Ties, right? Right. And an off-broadcast uh, airing of Smokey and the Bandit 3. Smokey and the Bandit 3! Hey, that's yeah. good Thanksgiving entertainment. Totally is. Hey, this time, Smokey is the Bandit. Hey, you're forgetting. This was a moment where People didn't think of airing NFL football in prime time yet. Or if you're in North Carolina or Atlanta, you could probably go off and watch NWA Starcade 86 on Thanksgiving. So we don't have time to watch you say this. that like it's a bad thing. Hey, right? I think it's the um what is it? I think that's the famous uh LOD um uh, Midnight Express scaffold match, Stark 86 Fiber Call, where Jim Cornette breaks his ankles. Yep. Interestingly enough, it would have aired, because you said it aired in August, it would have gotten a higher rating in August. It got up to a nine. So, wow, it nearly doubled its rating in the summer. Yep. And this was opposite 60 minutes and repeats of Our House and 21 Jump Street on Fox. Wow. Greg Umore on Our House was on NBC and had Wilford Brimley and Chad Allen. How can you be so stupid? But this never got picked up. Nope. But we did get... Well, what did we get from Walt Disney Television Animation in 1987? We got DuckTales. DuckTales premiered in 87. And speaking of DuckTales... We got the Fluffy Dogs... In DuckTales, if you'd believe that. Yeah, in the 2017 version, because there's actually like a Blinkle Your Miss It cameo from the Fluffy Dogs in an episode uh, involving Darkwing Duck, which ironically involves interdimensional travel hopping. That's one heck of an Easter egg. It well, really is. Well, the 2017 DuckTales was known for their deep cuts of the Disney Afternoon canon as is evidenced by that two-parter on that episode of DuckTales, where uh, Darkwing Duck is facing off against the uh, sort of the rogues gallery of the 1990 series as animated in the 1990 style. I liked it. But that is another thing on TV for another time. Well, what do we have to say about Fluffy Dogs? They didn't get the traction of pound puppies, I'll tell you that much. They're not dogs. We gotta remember that. Yep, we do have to remember. They're not dogs. But in 1986, 
and again in 1987, they were a thing on TV. Hey, guys. Uh-huh. It's time for okay. eBay Prices Right. Kill the music! Okay, guys, you are bidding on a Fluffy Dogs original 1985 Kenner trade print ad. Aww. It looks so shaggy. Now read the description. Original large print advertisement carefully removed from a 1985 toy industry trade magazine featuring Disney and Kenner announcing Fluffy Dogs plus toys to retailers. Two separate pages. Each page measures approximately 10.5 by 14.5 and has content on both sides for four pages total. In good condition, has some handling wear, kinks, C-scans, dark border, scanner background, not part of the ad, and uh, professionally shipped with heavy-duty protection, no flimsy mailers. So, okay. Chico, I will start the bidding with you. Oh, I was kind of hoping you'd ask me to bid on the dogs themselves. They look adorable. But yeah, I'm going to go with uh, $8. Mike? Knowing what I know about Disney files, it's got to be expensive if it's still available for sale. I'll go $9.99. The price? $35. I, I figured you are it was bad. No, I figured it's up there because Disney folks, th- th- they're sort of like wag staff. They got to have them all. I'm, I'm not even joking about that. People who like Disney like to have like everything in the Disney canon. So I'm not really surprised this went for that much. This also explains the bad world of Disney pin trainers. I would say, hey, Matthew Martin, friend of the show. But okay, I mean, these were out, these Fluffy Dog plushes in 1986, but it's like, I don't think these would have sold that well, considering the show didn't get good ratings on Thanksgiving 86, but you gotta think, what was it competing against on the Toy Owls in 86? I mean, Oh, God. Remember. Teddy Ruxpin, you had, obviously, we talked about Pound Puppies. My buddy. My buddy, probably. It was a good time to be a toy collector in the mid-80s. I'm sure you had staples like Transformers and G.I. Joe. You definitely had those because those shows were on at that time. And also, just because I received this in 1986, Mr. Game Show was a thing. Oh, yeah, Mr. Game Show was... You sure that was 86? I thought that was 87, Mr. Game I Show. remember what I received in Christmas of 1986, good sir. You love game shows. Now have one in your home with Gus Glitz, Mr. Game Show. That's me, the man with the plastic smile. <laughs> Pick a game. Hey, famous places for big bucks. Mount Everest. Wrong, Dad. Dig a hole and crawl in. <laughs> Go for it, JJ. Correct the mundo, JJ. You win the grand prize. An advanced entertainment system. 
Me! But can there be more? Yes, I come with ten different games. And you can have lots more. But enough about me. Let's talk about me! Uh, guys, I think we're forgetting the ultimate big boss of the Toys R Us aisle. Uh, Nintendo? The Nintendo. Good point, yeah. Because that would have been the first official Christmas, because 85 was a test market in New York. Yep. Right, and also, uh, remember, there's still a lot of reluctance in the industry using the word video game after the, the crash of 83, so that's why it was the entertainment system. Yep, they marketed it as a toy. Rob the Robot. Who just didn't work that well. That's going to be for our Patreon spinoff podcast. It was a thing with robots. It was a thing at the home arcade. Well, also, since the show was not picked up, there was really no traction for selling the dolls. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, that, that's what a lot of, of, of cartoons were back in the 80s. Yeah, 30-minute advertisements for toys. More or less, they're 30-minute advertisements for toys. And if you don't have that vehicle, whether it's in syndication or Saturday mornings or on a network, you're not going to sell the toys. Nope. It's like you make the toys to market the TV show. You make the TV show to market the toys. One cannot exist in 1986 without the other. And that's clearly the case here. No TV show, no toy sales. They don't even fetch that much of a uh, resale value on the resale market. I think I'm looking at the uh, most expensive one I could find was like $45. So you're going to look for a passing reference on a show like DuckTales. That's pretty much it, unless you're a hardcore Disney collector who wants everything. Or you just like yard dogs. Oh, gosh. There's one fluffy dog on eBay that looks like it's seen better days. But, yeah. There you go. That's the uh, story of fluffy dogs. More or less. Of course, you can find out more stories like this on our website at itwasathingontv.com where you'll also find links to all of our other episodes, all of our other mini-sodes, all of our live shows all of our social media and it was a thing on TV or on the Facebook and it was a thing on TV podcast. And of course, links to our good friends at the place to be nation. Do we have a drop this week, Greg? Yeah. Uh, it's the ones we had last week, the three episodes, the Kathy ah. Kim, the bad American dubbing episode of power Rangers, Dino thunder and oh, Hudson brothers razzle dazzle show. I didn't pay attention. Say it with pride, Greg. No, no, I'm getting this out. I want this to be heard. Greg, say that with pride. No. No. (laughs) I didn't pay attention during the whole taping for that episode. And I listened back when you put it out. And I was like, oh, God, this is awful. This is just awful. Embrace the suck, Greg. That may be into it. This may be that may have been one of the worst shows we ever covered on this podcast. And we watched one episode of Blind Justice, mind you. Blind Justice was better than the Hudson Brothers. Oh my god! 
Mr. Bogus was better than the Hudson Brothers Razzle Dazzle show. Hashtag hilarity ensues. So you're saying I picked a winner? Two straight years you picked losers. <laughs> Two straight years. Uh, oh. <laughs> you're welcome. Okay, well, next week we got a couple of really good winners as we continue on with Pilot Month. Um, we have a sort of God, I don't even know how to describe this. Well, next week we got two science fiction pilots from a television legend, and that will be our 250th episode. And both of those specials star two people that we've talked about on this podcast in the past. So it's appropriate that that's the subject from episode 250. Yep. And then in episode 251, we have a pilot of an early quirky Nemec vehicle. Corn Nemec. Oh, sorry. He's an adult now. When was Corin Nemec ever called Corky Chico? When? Watching television? With Eddie Murphy? What? Huh? Well, he's Parker Lewis. He can't lose. Well, what if Parker Lewis came up to Eddie Murphy. Who would win in a fight between those two? Well, Eddie Murphy, clearly, because he's Carl Lewis! I'm Carl Lewis! I'm Carl Lewis! I just realized, yeah, Parker Lewis and Carl Lewis. <laughs> Carl Lewis can't lose. I'm Carl Lewis! I'm Carl Lewis! Uh. <sighs> oh, we've gone off the tracks. Oh, no, we haven't even started going off the oh, tracks yet. Hold up, hold up. We're not even done this week. That's right. We got a special. Special. Yeah. And you'll find out. But you'll find out more about that soon. Right here on ItWasTheThingOnTV.com. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time. Wow! I remember when we first met, me and my favorite pet. Oh, they call it Fluffy Love. Introducing the Fluffy Dogs Collection. She shook my hand when I shook her paw. There was a spark we couldn't ignore. Oh, they call it Fluffy Love. She's trouble, they said, when she hid in the flowers and under the bed. With her big brown eyes and her funny ways, my silly Fluff's here to stay. Fluffy Love. Each sold separately. Yellow Silly Fluff from the Fluffy Dogs Collection. New from Kenner.